0: I've had the opportunity to have a lot of money in my past. I had three houses when I was 22 years old, and I was on the track to, if I wanted to, to have a lot of money yeah. as a 32-year-old as a right now. But I decided to start traveling. I prioritized everything wrong. My my priorities were upside down. I prioritized money over experience and life, and now it's the other way around. So I think I, yeah, going through some really tough periods with Adventure Fit yeah. forced me to change the way that I look at things hey guys welcome back to adventure Fit radio today what we have for you is we have a show with a gentleman named Oz from the words from Oz podcast so this is actually an interview that Oz did of me for his platform and uh, and we've decided to share it on adventure fits platform you see uh, it's really strange I've terrible imposter syndrome which means that I don't deem things that I do or say worthy, and I'm always surprised that people want to hear them and learn about them. But the further that we go down this path with uh, with Adventure Fit and and, uh, and my entrepreneurial journey, I suppose, the more requests we get for people to know more about Adventure Fit. So, um, so this is a good chance for that to happen. Um, really enjoy the show with Oz, and I hope you guys do too. So before we head into the show, make sure you guys head to True Protein and check out their range. You can head to trueprotein.com.au. They've got all of your best supplements Australia-wide, um, all of your proteins, creatines, amino acids, fast release, slow release, weight gain, weight loss, uh, everything under the sun, guys. They have it. And if you want to access that and you want to also get ten percent off, then just go to www.trueprotein.com.au and use the code ADVF and, uh, and you will get 10% off any and all purchases. Also, we're brought to you by for Travel. Guys, we've got an epic lineup coming up for the next 12 months. We've got Iceland in November, Mexico in Feb, then we're off to Everest Base Camp in April of next year. After that, we're heading to Thailand in May, Bali in the Gili Islands in July, back to Vietnam in August, and then back to uh, Iceland again in November. So if you guys are looking for a, a great way to travel, if you want to meet like-minded people, get your uh, get your training on, get your mindfulness on, and just have the best time ever, then head to www.adventurefittravel.com to check out what we do. And don't forget, you can use the code RADIO for 10% off any and all of your trips. Anyway, guys, that's it from me. Here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or face. And that's it! Yo! Discovery, roger. Go for
1: deploy. Where did we come from? Are we alone?
0: I live my life very very much on my own at the moment, you know, it's just all about me. Yep. And I'd been with my last partner, we were house sitting and we we're dog sitting a lot. And um I just fell in love with all these individual dogs for like, you know, two months here, a month there, six weeks there. And I was like, Oh, this is breaking my heart day to day. Like, <laughs> this is really hard. But it that's what like kind of got me excited about maybe the idea of a dog. And I also thought that, you know, It'd be really good to have someone that I care about and that I have to kind of put above myself. Yeah. Because I don't have that, you know, at the moment. It's just, it's just all about me. And now the first thing I have to think about is this little guy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What am I doing on the weekend? Where I'm, you know, am I moving out of town? Am I going away for a little while? Like I've, I've always got to prioritise him first. And I just think that's a nice feeling, you know. Life just shouldn't be about number one all day, every day. No. I feel like that's not that's not how it should be. That's why I look forward to having children. You know, I feel like when I have kids, it'll be, in the nicest way possible, the end of my life and, you know, the beginning of theirs. Yeah. Because, yeah, my whole job would be, okay, cool, I've done my part, I've got myself to here. Now, my whole role in life is make this person's life as good as humanly possible, you know, yeah. and look after myself along the way, but... Well, looking um, after yourself is going to be I'll look after them, right? Yeah, that's escape. right. That's right. But, yeah, I've I've just always liked that feeling, you know, I put... Too much pressure on myself, you know, I worry about, in the past, I always worried about what people care, you know, think about me too much and it's just, it's just not a healthy way to be. So the more people that I can, you know, have in my life and and, uh, and look after, I think it'll be better for me as well as, yeah, just a good little partner in crime. Yeah. What
1: are, what are a couple of the benefits you've already noticed that you've taken on? <laughs> <this? laughs> um,
0: well... I got a date uh, about four or five days in from the Stoke. little guy. <laughs> Good work. There yeah. you go. Yeah. But um, everyone everyone would say to me, um, oh, he must be because he's so cute. You know, he's like a little, little sausage dog, long-haired sausage. He's a triple designer dog, really. Yeah. He's a sausage dog. <laughs> he's a long-haired sausage dog. And he's a silver dapple long-haired sausage dog. Oh, you know? Stop it. So I got a date at the start, which was funny, and everyone was like, "Oh, he must be such a babe magnet." And I'm like, "No, nah, he's just a people magnet." <laughs> Don't worry, I get stopped by like uh, you know, drunken homeless crew and whatever, yeah. just to pat my dog. Yeah, but um, no, nah, he's great. One of the best things is um, before I got Ziggy, I was like, "Oh, it's going to take up so much time in my life. Like, can I actually afford whatever the time I have to really put into him every day, like an hour, an hour two a day?" And that's probably been the best thing. Something that I was nervous about at the start, which I viewed as like potentially a negative, has probably been the best thing because in the mornings, so where we are here, if I walk maybe 500 meters in this direction, we're at the beach, dog beach, we're on the the sand. If I walk 500 meters in that direction, we're at the Graham Street Dog Park um, Lagoon Reserve, 500 meters that direction or, you know, and so, I take him for at least an hour's worth of off-lead walk today, And it's just a really nice thing to do for me as well, mm. you know. I'm just sitting there giggling, watching him run around, sniffing things, jumping on other dogs, barking at trees, you know, like acting yep. like an idiot. Yep. But I'm also down the beach, walking along the sand. I'm down in the, you know, in a park in the mornings and yeah I think you know the way we are these days cooped up in cars and offices and in you know even our gyms and all of our exercise we do inside these you know big concrete buildings yeah um it's just really nice to have forced outside time you know it's just it's just a good side benefit yeah absolutely yeah. it is yeah and then like just having having someone <laughs> having someone who is just genuinely, you know, excited to see everything. Look, he was excited to see you, mate. Yeah. He never even met you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was shaking his hips everywhere, yeah. and bloody wee was flying out, and all that kind of excitement stuff. But yeah, so he's he's great. He's he's a good little guy. Yeah, they're 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 amazing dogs. I um
1: I I too have one, and I think one <laughs> of the like one of the main main things I got was what you say there, like they're, they're excited to see you. Yeah, right? like that, that that um that unconditional love, yeah. right? And you don't you won't even realize it till till well, it's way too late. And you, you know, you're kind of like, fuck. Yeah. That's how like that's how I should interact with people. Where's
0: well, Look at this book here. So I was in I was in the UK just recently. And I went to this secondhand hand bookstore Yeah. And for two quid, I bought this bestseller, John Bradshaw's *Indefensive Dogs*. Stop it. Yep. It's a fascinating book. It's so amazing. It's like um, so it basically goes through where dogs came from. So the evolution. Yeah. Um, you know the early domestication. Um, you know how puppies and pets became a thing, and then how dogs' brains actually work, and so on and so forth. So I'm only about a third of the way into it, mm. but it's so I'm Loving fascinated it. by the yeah. little guy. Yeah, yeah. I want to know how he, I want to know how he thinks. I want to figure out what makes him tick, and yeah. So, what type of dog you got? Uh, chip is a chihuahua. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. So little, little chihuahua. Uh, I think my my previous missus uh, wanted to get a, t- a teacup. And he's come out, and he's he's, he's solid size. <laughs> yeah, They're really solid size. So, but that, you know, maybe to put that down to the fact that I was like, oh, if you're getting this dog, I'm taking him running. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm teaching him to run. Yeah. he's like, he's doing stuff. He's climbing hills.
0: Yeah, Ziggy comes running with me. Yeah, perfect. we go on five uh, five kilometer runs. He goes swimming. He's a little, he's a little athlete. <laughs> yeah,
1: how good, how good. Um, yeah. So it's, that, it's that exact same kind of kind of idea. But I, I actually every time at the airport, you know, when you when you see the, the bookstores, mm-hmm. there's the one that's out at the moment. That, um, that the uh, the dog whisperer from the US has got one out. Oh, there. Like, yeah. I see every so often. And I'm like, I should fucking. I'd love to know what Chip's thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what what I'd pay.
0: What I'd pay. I've filmed a video of Ziggy the other day. He was laying down on the couch, and oh my god, every time I watch it, I crack up laughing. I was laying down on the couch, and his whole face was twitching. Like, yeah. Asleep? Fast, yeah, asleep. Yeah, asleep. <laughs> his nose and his eyes and his mouth. It was, and it was making me laugh so much. But I was just thinking, like, fuck, I would love to just go inside of his head and just know what he's what he's dreaming about right mm. now. Anyway.
1: Because how old is he?
0: 18 months. Yeah. So like yeah what, what You'll be thinking about food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's be honest. still does have many more yeah. memories to be thinking about. Yeah, he's yeah, either exactly. thinking about <laughs> sniffing butts or yeah. eating food. One of those two. Did you travel with him at all? Um, I went up to Cairns with him. Mm. I went up to Cairns. He oh, did a road and, trip. Yeah. yeah, I did, yeah, a, yeah, I did yeah. a road trip with him. Yeah. Um, So, took him up there because I was like, all right, I want to do some traveling this year. Um, I basically just lived in Cairns. I, I did a road trip, but I was just... I wasn't... Up in Cairns on a holiday, I went up mm-hmm. there and just did six weeks at an Airbnb that uh, they had. A, they were cool to have a dog. Yeah, worked on adventure. I worked like I would down here. I worked and trained and what have you. But we did a road trip along the way, so all the way up to Cairns in a Wicked camper, and then got to Cairns and um, and then did some trips from around there. But yeah, we were we were in the back of a Wicked camper, me and him, for like two or three weeks. Yeah, and it was it got pretty testing. I was I was <laughs> fucking over him, I'll tell you, and he was over <laughs> me too. Oh my God. That's classic. Oh yeah, it was fun. So he's like, he's been through. The Grampians and the, the you know the Blue Mountains and yep. every beach under the sun. And <laughs> it, was a good, it was a good trip. Yeah, nice. How yeah. good. How good.
1: Yeah. Well, guys and girls, you probably know The Voice if you uh, listen to podcasts in Australia at all. This is Bill Kerr joining me for the Words With Oz podcast, the essay Question podcast. Bill, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me, mate. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure.
1: I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm stoked we're already 10 minutes in on the uh, on conversation before the intro's gone out. It's the first time I've done that, but, uh,
0: but, yeah. but, but talking about dogs, it's, you, you,
1: probably, you probably catch me every time. Just <laughs> like, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it going. I'll keep it going. <laughs> yeah. um, we were just talking about the trip to Cairns. Is that your most recent trip away?
0: Uh, I was in Europe. I was in Europe after Cairns. I went went to Cairns, spent a little bit of time up there, got out of the Melbourne winter for a little bit, mm-hmm. came home for a day and then <clears throat> was, in, um, was in Europe for three or four weeks leading our Greece trip okay. and then also just kicking around Europe. I had a little bit of a holiday there, probably gave myself – did a bit of work, but I probably gave myself – Gave myself a week for sure. Catching up with my um, English mates. Yep. The World Cup was on, so that was really good. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it was classic. Um, Were you
1: there through the through the loss as well?
0: No, it wasn't. There you go. No, they they still thought they were winning. You were still coming home when you were there. Yeah, it was. You were still coming home. It was. It was. The streets were wild. It was the craziest. I've been all over the world. I've seen. I've seen Ronaldinho kick a uh, match-winning goal in the eighty-fifth minute of the grand final of Brazil's biggest soccer league. I saw that live (laughs) in in Rio de Janeiro. I've seen that. I've seen some good stuff sporting-wise on TV, you know, at live events, whatever. I've never really seen... I've never really seen an atmosphere like it when the UK are in the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the whole nation just turned into a bunch of drunken buffoons. It's like the Barmy Army, but it's everyone in the country, yeah, (laughs) at all points of the day. Oh, it was so much fun. So... So, yeah, I had a great time uh, being there for that, that period, but I've got a lot of good mates in the UK. I've got a lot of <clears throat> a lot of mates all around the world. Obviously, I've traveled a lot and I own a travel company, but I've got a lot of really good mates in the UK. So, mm, you know, I think it's a lot better to have, you know, 10 really close friendships rather than 1,000 shitty ones. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those guys that's got a 1,000 mates, but I'm, I'm just really try with the people that I can. And some of my English mates, I really can. You know, I'll mm-hmm. go through there a bit. Mm-hmm. So, I always try and give myself... At least a few days to catch up with the three or four guys that I'm, I'm tight with, and they're they're the kind of guys that, you know, I'd be best mates. These guys if we had a grown up, yep. you know, in yep. Australia together, and I've got guys like that, you know, and girls, guys and girls like that around the world, but um, but you know, it's it's a lot harder for me to actually stay in their lives, face to face wise. Yeah, but, but the UK, yeah, I try and I try and still cultivate those relationships.
1: Yeah, it's funny that you you know the when you're trying to. Uh stay in their lives face to face because I've got I've got something similar with a few crew um, in the Middle East so Dubai and Qatar mm-hmm. and funnily enough every time but, but because of that and it's almost like what you were what you, talking about with Ziggy before about making time in your in your day and like mm-hmm. it's actually been the best part but every time I travel now I do it through that area and then make a an overnighter or a two-nighter where you get to see that person and yeah. funnily enough it means that I see them more than some of the people <laughs> yeah. that live in odds yeah right? I think <laughs> like, that
0: I think that yeah. I'm like fuck I've seen I've seen um I've seen Jimmy four or five times in the last 12 months i've got best ma- my best mate lives 20 minutes away i've been yeah. sitting for four months so it is funny it is funny how you prioritize you, you always prioritize the things that are further away from you because mm. you don't know when that when the op- opportunity will end i think maybe i don't know like it travels the same we yeah. take our take everything for granted that's that's here yeah. around us that's why i did that road trip earlier in the year as well I, I thought you know what i own this travel company i airbnb my apartment always have i've always had fresh faces coming in got a lana um alana that lives with me and then i've got two rooms that are on airbnb and i really love it i like hearing new stories and meeting new people but they're always asking me oh great you own a travel company oh you've traveled all over the world oh what do we do in australia and i'm like the bookstore's down the road you can get (laughs) the lonely (laughs) planets for 49.95 that's your best bet but i know a little more of australia after that road trip so a bit of east coast for you that's yeah Yeah, east coast anyway
1: what were some of your favorite parts about that that heading up there apart from uh having the big guy on your lap the whole way
0: I mean, my whole aim, my whole aim was to see as many national parks as I can. Okay. You know, and I spent spent a couple of full days hiking in the, in the Blue Mountains, which yep. is really nice. Yep. Um, hit up the Atherton Tablelands, um, went to the Daintree, got okay. up to the Daintree Rainforest. So, I I grew up on the beach and I'm very passionate about water and, and, and I grew up surfing and so forth. And I live right by the, by the bay here. Mm. Um, but there's something about green, the color green and being in like, Being in the Botanical Gardens, for example, I could spend days just sitting in the Botanical Gardens and I'd just be having the greatest time. It just makes me feel happy, you know? So, beaches as well, but yeah, I wanted to just check out all the national parks that we had. Stopped off at a a bunch of great beaches and and yeah, had a good time along the way. I mean, it was just nice to be just on the road with me and Ziggy as much as we pissed each other off from time to time. Um, Yeah, just being me and him on the road and digging into some good books and podcasts and, and what have you and, and yeah. managed to
1: manage, as you said you managed to get some work done on the trip as well
0: yeah the the road trip I wasn't too proactive working wise I kind of gave myself a little bit of flexibility there but mm-hmm. it was pretty cool what I was doing so um, we're in between salespeople at adventure so we have someone in a, in a sales role like a phone based sales role yeah so and we had someone in the role and then it didn't really work out and then I took over the role for the time being while we're in between people and um, so I was on the phones a lot and what I was doing was I was like pulling over at the nicest beach I would see or at a big national park or um, by a by a little lake and then I'd pop the back of the um of the car and just set up my basically my call station my laptop my phone my notepad and um and I'd just bang out calls yeah. while I was kind of I was kind of just walking around like feet you know in the sand <laughs> walk yeah. along the beach it was an amazing <laughs> way to do things it was really quite good so good uh, yeah and then I got up to Cairns and I was I was cracking in in Cairns like I'd I I probably we just went through a, a really busy period and and I probably worked more than I would have liked to up there but my plan was to have a normal life up there and work mm-hmm. um I would have liked to have taken the foot off the pedal a little bit more but wasn't able to so you know such is life.
1: Yep. Was that the plan when you when you went down this path the entrepreneurial path to be able to give yourself more you know more control to 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 work in places like Cairns or to work on the middle of your trip or was it <laughs> Um, or was it for the more freedom of not having to work in those situations?
0: Uh, well, yeah, very, all very good questions, and I suppose I could definitely answer them. But firstly, and first and foremost, I never had a plan. Yeah, like this is not planned. <laughs> this is oh, it's still not planned. Um, so I, I created Adventure Fit because I wanted to. I wanted to own a I was opening a gym was the plan and then I wanted to take my clients away every three months on a trip so we could do something together. Yeah. I could still travel and I thought like, you know, putting your fitness into practice is something that people should be doing. You know, people train to be fit but they don't go and use it. That's that was my whole thing. The gym didn't work out and then I, I was like, Well I've got this idea for these trips, maybe I'll just see if the general public will come with us and um and then with two hundred Facebook likes and one graphic design post, we sold our first trip out and then AdventureFit was, you know, it was it was away. So yeah. I never actually set out with a plan to yeah, be okay. fair um, but yeah I mean I've always been really passionate about travel so so finding something that was in the travel sphere was something that I was always probably looking to do. Yeah. Um, when I was traveling the world a lot backpacking around my first initial place that I wanted to take it because I had real estate grow- growing up like I bought a lot of real estate as a young kid. I, yeah 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 I mean I bought my first house when I was 19 and and went from there so I always had a bit of equity and money that I could you know pour into something and I wasn't sure what that was going to be Um, but originally I wanted to open a hostel Uh, that was my that was my thing so it was always it's always been travel for me hasn't been about my freedom or anything else it's just more been about doing something in travel um, because I feel like travel is just really important to people you know, for a number of reasons, I think it makes you more well-rounded. Everybody knows, you know, it makes you more well-rounded. You, yeah. you know, see the world, see how how other people live, uh, more appreciative and so forth. But it's also just just for pure pleasure and joy and fun. It's just great. Like, you you go and meet someone when you're traveling and I, when, when I came back from traveling, I had a real problem with kind of um, getting back into the flow of going out to a bar in Melbourne and, and going up and you know meeting somebody the the way that we do it you know mm-hmm. yeah. and I feel like I would just get a, a really a different response to uh, to the response that I would get if I was travelling you know like I feel like you're from Sydney I'm from Melbourne I don't have any issues making friends and and meeting people but there's been a lot of times I'll go up to someone in a bar you know I might see you at a bar for example and go oh good day mate how are you going where you from and just just get a really standoffish vibe doing, you know you who's yeah who's yeah, this yeah who's this guy yeah. from from women as well obviously. And I, I don't have time for that in my life, so I'll just, I'll just go. All right, cool. See you later. And then that's cool, but it's just disappointing, you know, because I know, I always walk away and I'm like, you know what, we'd be fucking best mates yeah. if we did that in Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd be, yeah, yeah, we'd be, we'd be, we'd be arm in arm. We'd be, you know. <laughs> and I think, and I, you know, why that is, I feel like it's because people let their guard down when they're when they're traveling, and they're their, they're the, they're they're are real selves. Mm. You know what I mean? So the stories that we tell ourselves, you know, our our ego, our 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 biography that we have of ourselves in our heads you know that 's all it 's all stuck uh, we 're all stuck in that frame of mind when we 're at home. you know people have cliques and, and um, personas and groups and and st- and standing in the community and you know you just strip all that away when you 're traveling and you just get the real person
1: what What do you think about uh, whilst traveling? What is it about traveling that, that brings you that and, and how can you perhaps give that to more people who aren 't? You know, in their in their normal day to day, because how fucking good would life be if you could be your real mm. self all day, every day, instead of mm. the person that society says we should be?
0: Mm. Well, I think it comes from practice. You have to practice that mindset, you know, which is yeah. which is, I suppose, I mean, travel is the best way for it. But I used to remind myself of that. So, <clears throat> the the most precious item that I probably ever had in my whole entire life, I would say, apart from my my family and people and people, is when I very first started traveling, my one of my best friends, Leon, he was ending his six-month stay in Canada and he was going through Mexico on the way home. And I was starting my six-month backpacking trip through Central and South America, starting in Mexico at the very start. And we overlapped for about three days, three days in Cancun. And it was just straight debauchery, lots yep. of drinking, partying, whatever. And Leon had already done Fifty countries backpacking and, and seeing the world and had a great time doing it and so forth. When I got off the plane, Leon already had. I was so tired, but Leon already had our crew with us. He had a couple of Pakistani-born English English chicks, yeah. Um, Holly and Upnisha, Niche, we called her, and then a bunch of um, a bunch of other people from all around the world. Now, Holly and Niche, they were two people that ordinarily I would never see myself associating with. Okay. Niche war like, you know like how Amy Winehouse used to style herself? Crazy makeup, yep. big massive big hair. hair. Yeah. And this really obnoxious like Pakistani English chick. Yeah. And anyway, so I just I just, I just wouldn't have, I, I don't know, I maybe wouldn't have given her the time of day or just our paths I feel like just maybe not would, would not have crossed. And then anyway, me and Leon, we end up hanging out with these girls and we had a little group in this hostel for, in this hotel for, The three days that we were together, and then I was like, "Man, that was such a good time." And Leon, about so, I went my separate ways with Leon, and about two months later, he said, "Hey, mate, have you found the letter that I that I wrote you?" I'm like, "You didn't write me a letter," and he goes, "Check your check your guidebook." (laughs) I checked my guidebook, and I, you know, um, shook my guidebook, and this letter letter um, fell out, and it was a note from Leon, and basically it said, you know, um, all this stuff about, mate, you're you're a really good guy, um, always back yourself in. uh, the one thing I'll always say is never judge a book by its cover, and I put that. <clears throat> doesn't sound that powerful, but to me it was. I put that little document. It was written on the back of a note that someone put in our door um, on one of the nights. that said, "Stop your noise, owners on this floor, because we were parking too much." <laughs> <laughs> so it was written on the back of that, and I put it. It fit perfectly in my passport slip. Yep. So that went with me everywhere. And anytime I was traveling, and I and I was feeling shit, or I was um, not not feeling. Um, confident or or i needed a bit of a wake-up call i would read leon's words and it really screwed my head on i feel like and then one day i went and checked into a flight and i left my i gave my passport to the um to the the check-in staff and i walked away and i left my passport slip there and about an hour later i figured it out i went racing back i'm like excuse me excuse me i lost my um i lost my passport slip i lost my passport slip and they're like oh you lost your passport. I'm like, no, (laughs) I lost something way more important. I lost my passport slip. I don't have that, I don't have that letter anymore. Um, But yeah, you have to kind of, I don't know, you have to practice that mindset. I feel like. You have to be
1: reminded every day. I mean, it's like all good things that you need to create a a good habit around, right? I suppose you need to stop and and think, yeah, is this situation the real me or is, yeah, what, what am I taking forward here?
0: Yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know. To me, I feel like it comes naturally now. You know, I've traveled a lot and and yeah, I just how, think yeah. how old was Leon? Leon was twenty. We were both twenty-four at the time. Okay, just about turned twenty-five.
1: Pretty impressive uh, resume of, of of traveling and wisdom to just throw around there for
0: you. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a full knucklehead too. Yeah. He's yeah, a straight right. knucklehead. Cool. No, he's but he's but he's a good guy. He's a good guy and he's smart. You know, he knows how the world works. So he's um yeah, it was good. It was <laughs> love good. that. Yeah. Absolutely
1: love that. I want to throw back to a bit where you're talking about um. Some of the people that you met while traveling, and you knew that if you grew up with them, you would have been like top best mates. I mean, mm-hmm. they're still good mates now. But mm-hmm. if you, you grew up with them, what do you like? What do you? What do you find in that? What do you find in traveling? What do you find in that person that you just go, we fucking click here? Is it just a feeling and in, in, in intrinsic, or do you actually like? Do you reckon you could pinpoint what that might be?
0: Oh, it's just banter for yep. me for yep. sure. And I feel like um, I feel like that's why I th- I think a lot of nations click, um, a lot of nations click straight off the bat. Yep, and. In my experience, and I, I'm not as well-traveled as... There's a lot of people who travel more than me. I just happen to be in travel and I've done it. I've done a decent amount. Um, but I feel like... So, I've got some American mates, for sure. Some really good American mates. But I've never really met an English uh, uh, guy or girl. But like, I suppose I'm probably more... more my close mates are guys, really. But I've never really met an English bloke that I haven't really clicked and got along well with. Mm. South Africa, I feel very similar about. I've got... A lot of my best travel buddies are all South African, and I think it's that. I mean, we're countries, Kiwis as well. You'd probably say those four countries, like straight off the bat. You know, you sit down next to each other, and you're like, right, my whole goal right now is to is to get some banter yep. out of this bloke, yep. and, and you know, and and thro- throw a bit of shade his way, and then I mean, yeah, and and that's it. I mean, life we take life too seriously. So anyone that can um not take himself seriously, make me laugh, and and you know, and and give it to me. A bit, I'm, you know, I'm going to be probably a pretty that, good mates with, yeah,
1: yeah. A yeah. little bit of uh, that ability to to drop the shield, and yeah, just fucking right. take it and give it back.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I'm not a very serious person, Oz. You know, I, I I think deeply about the world. You know, I'm I'm an entrepreneur now. I've got a couple of couple of businesses and and you know whatever. But at the end of the day, like I'm just a kid. Yeah, I'm a kid, and I try and be. You know, I get I get sucked into the entrepreneurial life and. <clears throat> And the stresses and and trying to write write content and inspire people and this and that and really I mean life's just about having fun. Yep. Really, at the end of the day, there's not enough not enough happiness in in the world. You know, I believe that. You know, and and so I'm always, yeah, I'm just here to have fun, man. I think we all should be. What the,
1: what's the most fun thing you've done in the last week?
0: The most fun thing I've done in the last week. <clears throat> oh shit. That's a good question. Oh, I'll tell you what it was actually. So I went down to um it was really it was a real shame because on Saturday night, like the Saturday night that just passed. So I've been away for a while, um and then when I got back I was just head down working and I hadn't really had much time to catch up with my buddies. I'd had a couple of coffees and this and that and then within the space of an hour, you know when you have two two things that'll come up where you're like, Oh my god, I'm so excited for this this event and then something will double book it. Yep. So I had Mac, one of my <clears throat> um, great friends up here, one of my best mates up here these days, really, and he's our number one tour leader. Um, started the podcast with Mac, actually. So Mac was, had a going away thing on Saturday night for, um, for he as he's going to Bali to live till the end of the year, at least. And then at the same time, my, one of my best mates was the best man at his wedding. His father, who's a friend of mine as well, uh, he had his 60th birthday party. So these guys knew each other. They both did Kokoda as clients with AdventureFit last year. Yep. And then I said, right, guys, the only way that we're going to be able to do this fairly is I'm going to make a live video and we're going to flip a coin. Yep. All right, Heads, I go to Corey's and tails, I'm going to, I'm going to Max. And I end up um, being head. So I was like, right, cool. It's an hour and a half way. And I uh, went down to the 60th birthday of my best mate's dad. Yeah. And it was one of those nights that was worth 10 catch-ups, you know, because... I was like, I spoke to Corey, I said, Oh, who you know, what other what other lads are gonna be down there, who I, who's gonna be around? And he's like, Oh, this guy might come and you know, he might catch, you know, so and so and I was like, oh, Okay, cool. And I got down there and it was just me out of the the younger guys, Corey's Corey's mates. Yeah, okay. Lots of crashes, crashes, friends and family and whatever. And that was great because I literally sat next to my best mate. We had beers. I sat next to my best mate and I didn't leave his side for like ten hours. You know? (laughs) And you know, if you catch up with someone, it's really good. You got you know, you got a bunch of people around and you might have a half an hour chat here and a good chat there. We were in a a proper lock in. Yep. And it was really great. I'm so glad that I got to do it because I said to him afterwards, I texted him the next day, I said, Mate, so good last night. I said, I feel like that one was worth ten. Yeah. You know? It was worth ten catch ups. So that was definitely the most fun I've had in the last Month, yeah, yeah, it
1: was good. Is he an old friend as well? Yeah, yeah, one of my so been around friends. For, for for a while.
0: One of my oldest friends. Yeah, yeah, I'm best. It was best man at his wedding, so that's how you know we go deep.
1: I love that. I, uh, I, I one <laughs> something that, that works well with me in that in that scenario is I, I travel quite a bit with work, uh, just uh, interstate. Um, but every time I do, I get to stay with people. Or I, or I try and stay with people that I know, mm-hmm. and you get that that you know, two or three day intensive. of, yeah. uh, of, of Living, I don't, you know, they're like, "Oh, you want to do this? You want to do that?" I'm like, "Nah, yeah. I want to do whatever you do normally." Fucking, yeah. I just want to sit on the couch for your footie, or like, I just want like take me to your gym, like whatever yeah. it is, and live their life. And you get that that yeah that intensive. And I always I come out of it like a, all my mates, all of them have misses, and I come out of it. I know the misses better, and I, yeah. man, I know, you know him he and I like I got a closer thing with them now, yeah, especially nah. over their last. Short term life, you know, you can go, you know, with the things that are happening in their world right yeah, now.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's good, great.
1: Good intensi- intensity from yeah,
0: it. Yeah, yeah, and intensive. I like that. Because it was funny because Corey's wedding two years ago was, or a year, whenever it was, um, <coughs> you know, 12 or, 12 or 18 months ago, probably. So I flew directly from a Mexico trip that I was leading and flew right into the wedding. And I was best man and MC. I was like, mate, you are <laughs> you are a dirtbag. You are a real dirtbag. I said, you've got to. A- I'm not MC it anyway. He's like you're the only man for the job. You're MC. I'm like oh my god. Anyway, so I was exhausted, but it was a destination wedding. But it wasn't too stressful on people. It was an Australian destination wedding, so it was up um, Crescent Head, which is in um, New South. Yeah, and uh, they've got a holiday house up there. They really love it nice. and so forth. So it was great because I destination weddings are you know it's a tricky one because um, I've been to uh, another one of my best mates. I was best man at that one as well, um, which was in Bali. And that asks a lot of people. I really like the destination wedding thing, and it's good for the it's good for the couples. But you know, it's a lot to ask for people to get them international. Um, but the premise of a destination wedding is fantastic, yeah. Because, like you said, we had three days with all of our because this is my like high school, you know, and yeah, I knew Corey before yeah, high school, crew. but yeah, our high school crew. We're we're so tight, and to get probably ten of the ten of the crew together, and we. We were unable to leave each other's side yeah. for three days, yeah, yeah. and I remember so maybe it was a it was probably a Friday Saturday, I think it was a friday was the was the you know the boys and the girls together. Saturday was the wedding, and then Sunday was like recovery or you know what have you and Saturday night was huge, it was obviously a big wedding and and really really loose Sunday there was people having drinks and, and dinners and stuff i didn't remember i didn 't drink on the Sunday, I just sat there, and I remember. I'm somebody who like I talk too much. I, I don't like awkward pauses. All that stuff. So I'm always just trying to get involved in something. And I remember sitting at the dinner table. I was so hungover. And there was all this conversation going on around me. And I just remember sitting there this big smile on my face and and I was like, fuck. And I didn't I didn't I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to do anything. I just I was just happy being where I was, you know, with yep. the crew I was with. I was I was just like, oh, this is so good. And I went away from that. I I came out of that. I was in a really stressful period with Adventure Fit and with the, and around the Mexico trip and so forth and then I had three days with just my best mates in the world and it just did me wonders yeah. man, for months yeah. you know for months you just feel lighter
1: all is right again for a while yeah
0: I feel like if you get around if you get around your true close friends the people that know you the best the people that you've got the longest history with and the, the funniest stories if you get around them and, and spend a real you know get a real good catch up in you, you definitely feel lighter and and you're able to just be a better person yeah. you know, walking away from it.
1: Yep. Yeah. Do they live nearby?
0: Um, so. Majority the, of them? Mm, not really. I mean, I've got a few guys up in the city, and, and a lot of the guys, um, a lot of my mates that I grew up with are on the Moines Peninsula. That's They're still where I grew down up. There? Yeah. 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 A lot of them, I'm 32 now, so a lot of them have done the city. Yep. You know, a lot of them came up here and studied and maybe hung around 26, 27, 28, but I'll probably do the same thing at one point. Like, I only got up the city when, when I was 28 myself, so I've been up here or uh, 27. I've been up here four or five years. I love it, but I probably won't stay up here forever. Yeah, okay. you know, I'll probably go back to somewhere where I can get a nice property, or it's nice and nice yep. and. I grew up 20 meters from a surf beach on five acres with a golf course on the back, on the back, um, on yeah, the back okay. fence. You know. Yep. I'm in an apartment in the city. I'm I'm CBD. I don't have a car. I don't want a car. Um, I got rid of it. I I got the beach. I got parks all around me. But it's not the same, you know. It's not the same. So they've a lot of them, yeah, moral of the story, is a lot of them have been in the city and, and done that part of their life and then they've moved back and they're having kids and getting married and yep. got a few guys up here. we got a few guys up here. But that, you know... How often do you get down there? Um, well, my favorite day of the year, every year, it's the only thing that's non-negotiable in my calendar. There's yep. one thing that rolls over year in, year out, every single year. Yep. And that's on the 23rd of December, me and all my... Um, <laughs> Me and all my mates from school, we have a get-together. Yeah. And it's funny because we're... What are we now? We're 14 years removed from high school from when we finished school. And, you know, we, we've we had... ai have had a lot of people myself personally that are, that went to Padua, where, the school that I went to, and they... Every year I get, when we have our catch-up, we get a few people mentioning me like, oh my God, I can't believe how tight you guys are. Yeah. Because all friendships kind of drop off and fade away a little bit, some, some um, you know, for some reason. And... But ours is not. Ours is getting stronger and stronger. Mm. We make it a we make it a real thing. Mm. Like if you're not there, it's like, what's your written excuse? Yeah. Like let's let's keep this going. I love that. I, yeah. I like,
1: I'm gonna gonna mirror that with a few things. Um, with a few things now because I've got the same thing, but Boxing Day. So we've oh got, yeah. Uh, we had How long have you been doing your your 23rd catch up?
0: <laughs> ten ten years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So,
1: I think we would be we were approaching. It'd be nine or ten, but. It's because uh, the first one happened as Boxing Day test. Yeah. As yeah, us versus another school, and we're yeah. all. So our group is about uh, about seven people deep and pretty tight. And then their group's about the same size. And so we're like, fuck it, it was, yeah. It's the, it's the school just across the road so yeah, yeah. let's ha- let's have a crack and we um yeah put together a boxing day test and it's the same thing it's happened uh first year we skipped like we skipped a year and we were like I oh, would we'll do it biannually because people were still travelling and yeah. people were living overseas and whatever and, and you it's still
0: probably pretty tight as well at that point yeah, straight out of yeah, school
1: yeah and now it's uh yeah now it's, it's it's year by year year by year so, yeah, it's, it's it's my favourite day of the year yeah like 100% my, and, and everyone knows it like yeah. I, my my family uh have christmas most families have Christmas, but they um <laughs> everyone's got two families now, right? So yeah. all the cousins that used to go to the Christmas on Christmas Day, they're two families. So they like, you know, what we'll do? We'll start having Christmas on Boxing Day. Yep. And my mum had to say to the to the, <laughs> the large family, uh, "Yeah, it's Oz, gonna work, Oz won't be there that day." Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I remember the first year they tried it, I got I uh, got there drunk. Like, totally hammered. And, um, yeah. With just, yeah, with your whites <laughs> on. With your whites on. Which, which yeah, not very white by the way. That's we, great, man. Fucking uh, just drunk and pretty much wouldn't pass down the couch. <laughs> and then from then on, I'd have to go back. <laughs> so, yeah, just, yeah. yeah that, that, that's you called. <laughs> I'm fucking stoked. Yeah. <laughs> the, reason I, uh, the reason I push that, though, is because... So, I grew up in Adelaide and I live in Sydney now. And I get the exact same thing out of hanging out with my mates... Where you feel lighter, you feel better. You mm. like the the world seems right. You're like, yeah, but I can get back to what I was doing because this is this is it. This is working, and now it's that that position where, does you say, 32, I'm the same age as you. That position where you think, like, what if you just did that every day? What if you had that, mm. or at least once a week? Or, mm. or, 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 or is there a scenario like, I've created a life where I can work online with travel, but I can work online with travel. Why wouldn't I go back there? And that's where my head, what my yeah, my head's debating that now. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I just wonder whether you see the same thing in, in that that trip, you know heading back down to the down the uh, coast.
0: Um, yeah, I need to make more of an effort to do it. <laughs> you know, like I I've got so many amazing friends down there, and I just get caught up in the grind up here and, and trying mm. to build what I what I'm building. So yeah, it's been one of the things for me. Um, you know, Adventure Fit Adventure Fit looks amazing, looks like it's bombing along and it's super successful and it's going great. Um, but it's still like over the last four years I would say what I've probably done because there's been a lot of the, the, the process that I haven't enjoyed and it's put me through hell and back mental health wise and so on and so forth and and I have to make sure I get my life to a good middle ground where I'm not sacrificing my life for the good of Adventure Fit. Yep. You know, that's that's where I have been in the past for sure. And it's a good position to be in because it's not, and I don't want to sound like I'm trying to make myself sound like a hero here, but it's not really. I don't think of Adventure Fit. I don't think of the business. I think of the people that it helps. You know, yeah. Anytime time that that you know I've got a really crack in, or any time that I'm going through a really tough period, I think of the people that have come on one of our trips and and have left with you know tears in their eyes and and you know thanked us for the greatest experience they've had, handwritten letters. You know, we. I don't want this to be a big ad for adventure fit, but we change people's lives for the better. Yep. You know, every yep. every day that's what we do. Um, and our, our our podcast, even you know, the feedback we get from that and and it's so positive. And and I always when I'm going through the shittest periods, I I don't think of it for me because you know the enjoyment factor isn't probably where it needs to be. I think of it for others. You know, I'm like right, these people will be disappointed. All of our past adventure fitters. You know, so many of them I would be shattered if if we were ever to fail, yep. if we were ever to shut the doors, and the people that we haven't affected that we will affect over the next you know ten, twenty, thirty, forty years, whatever. Mm. So, so you know, that's what what drives me. But then I've got to make sure that if I you know if I, I I've got to get more normality back in my life, which I am, but it hasn't always been there. Yeah, you ha- know, ha-
1: what what's normality?
0: Normality is um, normality is time. You know, time back in my life. Yep, and and. And levels of stress that are not not over the top. What
1: does what does time give you? Because I would because you like you said you're passionate about travelling. You clearly love helping people, um, which I, I expect that's what you do with venturefit And I get that uh, running your own business and yours is much further along than mine, so you, a lot more stress is coming in, and a lot more targets to hit, and pro, you know, mm-hmm. and, that, and that kind of thing. so that you're obviously getting that stress level as well, but. If you're spending your time doing what you love to do with Adventure Fit, why, what 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 time do you need back? Is what I'm trying to get at.
0: Um, yeah, so <sighs> Adventure Fit Adventure Fit looks like, and I know you know this. You're smart enough to know that this isn't obviously the case, but a lot of people probably don't understand. Like everybody, a lot of people think that I just go on holidays for a living, you know, <laughs> yeah. and and uh, and that's a deliberate that's a deliberate character that I portray. I'm not big on social media, but I. You know, I have a platform, and what I do post—that's not on my personal Facebook. What I do post on my business pages, which is my Instagram—you know, it—it it looks like this guy that's a jet-setting entrepreneur that just travels the world and lives yep. the dream. You know, but that's not the case. I mean, I—I I work very, very long hours in the office most of the week. You know, most of the year. Yep. For—for—for for, for example, over the next twelve months, I will have been on probably two adventure fit trips um so you know some total of maybe 20 out of 365 days you know i'm out actually doing what we do the rest of the time my staff will take care of that i don't mind the entrepreneurial side of it there's a lot of it that i really really do enjoy i really love the media side of what we do but i mean for me i do i am passionate about what i do i'm really passionate about what i do but i'm also passionate about life you know and and sitting down with my mates and or having a coffee, uh, catching up having a coffee with someone, going and doing some training, going and spending an extra bit of time walking my dog, going and doing some extra Spanish study that I wasn't able to do. Like, you know, you only get a, a set amount of time in your days and, and in your um, in your weeks and in your life. And um, I know that you're supposed to create a job, a, a dream job that, uh, that you know, doesn't feel like you're going to work every day. Yep. And I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm close to doing that. But... At the same time, I just have a big problem with how much we work in society. I think it's not, I think it's not meant to be this way yep. you know yeah we're supposed to have more more time for passion passion projects and, and friends and family and so forth you know'm funny to say friends and friends and family because I'm starting
1: to get to the point where I'm starting to get to the point where people say you need a, we should have more passion in our life and I agree with that but I'm starting to, get to the point where that passion is more we need more community like you need more. Uh, community, more connection, more 100%, relationship. 100%. Like I, I, if I'm passionate about talking, I'm not going to be passionate about talking in a in an empty room. Like, yeah, that's right. Uh, there, there's more to the, of that. Like, that's what I think it's about. Like, a lot of people go to those, and I know they're trying to open planned workplaces now and all that kind of thing, not cubicles anymore. But mm-hmm. a lot of people go to work, and they're just their screens, their work, and there's not. Yep. Not that connection. I think that's where, like I'm starting to grow into, I think that's where it needs to be. Like, yeah, great. Be passionate about your job, but be passionate about it in a way that means you're connecting with people. Because Yeah.
0: Like- it's all about people, man. It's all about people. And that's why, that's why, you know, I think there's such a huge, huge spike in mental health issues um, this day and age because we're just so disconnected. Mm. We're so disconnected. I've got a book over there called Blue Zones. It's about the blue zones of happiness and the blue, blue zones of longevity, which is, the top ten countries with the happiest people. Top ten countries with the longest living people in the world. Yeah. And the one through line um, through all of that is they live in um, the longest and happiest people live in cities where they're predominantly they're not car cities. They're bike or walking cities. You yeah. Know? Okay. Out in the open and not spending time cooped up in a box by yourself. Yeah. You know, time at work, time on public transport. It's not supposed to be this way. Yeah. It's really not. You know, like we got to um, we got to. Where we are now, by no fault of anybody, you know, agriculture, agriculture kind of backfired and fucked us a little bit. I mean, we're going to Mars. I love yeah. science. Oh, I, yeah. love, we'll I love, I love science and technology. I really do. But I also don't love the fact that I think, yeah, we're just we're not supposed to we're not supposed to be so segregated in this life, you know. And I think that's a big a big part of it. And and we're not supposed to be we're not supposed to be you know machines built for working. We're we're lucky, man. You Oz, because we do. We do have, you know, we do have passion for what we do, you know. I truly believe that. But we're the minority, you know. Even I get, mm. I think I work way too much. And as passionate as I am about adventure, I'm more passionate about my real life, you know. Yeah. I really am the people in my real life. Yep. Um, and, you know, we're, the, we're such a minority and, you know, the people out there that wake up every day and, and spend 50 hours doing something that they hate and then they spend 10 hours on public transport and they they spend 10 hours in their car, like, you get a few hours a day to sit in your apartment by yourself and watch Netflix yep. like it's not meant to be this way this is why this is why when when I had to create a why with AdventureFit I was like what is it that I do it actually started the first time I really narrowed down AdventureFit's why it was like hmm okay Um. it was when I started a, a, a business Facebook page for myself Bill Kerr and, it, and there was an about me section and I was like hmm who am i and what do i do and that question was really really daunting for a split second for about 10 seconds i was like how the fuck am i going to answer that and then without any hesitation i realized and i said i'm a guy that's trying to improve the world um, through travel exercise mindfulness and conversation yep. because there's not enough happiness in the world you know yeah. there's not yeah. and I'm, that's what adventure is that's the thing that drives me forward is trying to trying to inject some some you know some laughter and fun and experience into people because yeah it's life's great life's fucking amazing but yeah it's just I get a little bit I get I think too deeply about the world sometimes and I get a little bit bummed about you know the position that 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 we're all in feel like we could be doing it better
1: how do you feel about the statement that it's a necessary portion of the path to where we're going and what I mean by that is we needed the agriculture. We needed the science. We needed to do what where we we needed to have gone where we could come. <laughs> we need to have traveled, traveled through the path that we we're traveling. We needed to go gone where we've come. Can we cut that bit out? Uh, yeah, just
0: um, cut the tag. Edit, edit, <laughs> fuck yeah, edit.
1: Um, Lost my train of thought. Awesome. No, we need to have gone this on this path because mm-hmm. in with it has brought us to the point where we can create technology that will do the shit jobs for us. Mm. And uh, not to say that everyone's got these these shit jobs, but we're getting to the point where you and I will hopefully eventually be the majority. Yeah. And suddenly, I agree.
0: I'm an optimist in that in that regard, Um, and I think you're probably talking about. I mean, AI is where we're going, and and our jobs are going to be taken over by um, by computers. And there's a lot of people that think really positively on that, and a lot of people that think really negatively. And I'm a bit of a nerd on that. You know, I'm not. I haven't written any studies on it, but I, you know, I I do. I do take a bit of. um, take a bit of note of what's going on there and I, I feel like i mean so effectively there's a talk of you know universal basic income so everyone gets some sort of a wage to live off and i've had this conversation with people and they've been like when you take away people's jobs they have no reason to live i'm like yeah but that's not the that's not the ideal the ideal yeah. is not to take away everybody's jobs the ideal is there's going to be the same amount of money in the economy there's going to be the same amount of hours to be worked uh it's there's, there's going to be the same amount of people that want work spread the so say we lose 50 percent of our jobs spread the um spread the work across the workforce better mm. so effectively if there was so if artificial intelligence kicks off and and 50 of our jobs are taken by computers there'll also be a lot of jobs that will be created by artificial intelligence as well but i feel like if you gave me 10 or 20 hours extra in the week i'd definitely find some productive things to do with it yep you know yep it's not about – so I think we'll get there, you know.
1: Well, the, I'll give you an example and it's only coming to my head because I've read this <laughs> – great talking to you. Uh, read this on a plane um, <laughs> in one of the travel books. Uh, it was the Virgin uh, magazine mm-hmm. and they had – a guy written a book recently about future work. Yeah. And uh, the example is McDonald's. So they've now put in those uh, kiosks. I don't know if you've been in one lately, yeah. but they, they put in the kiosk so you can order not with a person. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's an, there's an example where AI or the technology is taking away someone's job. But what it's created is now in McDonald's restaurants, the, the, the ones that are forward-thinking, people go out from behind the counter with the food and deliver it to the person at their table. So mm-hmm. they're turning that into a interaction where the person, you know, the waiter yeah. actually comes to your table. So that, that didn't, it didn't lose. I'm not saying it's going to happen in all industries, but the person didn't lose their job. Um, it just created another one, like you say, that just filtered out. Yeah, that's people, right.
0: You know. That's how all, all the economy always works. You know, like horse and cart drivers would have been shattered when cars when cars yeah. were invented. Yeah. And then they just would start driving cars. That's the most rudimentary example I can obviously give. There's but, there's someone but, out there with the mind that can create
1: something fucking amazing, and yet they're stuck somewhere else. So as soon as we can free that person up, like imagine
0: yeah, what we're gonna no, do. Yeah, I, no, I agree. Um, so I think it's really good. I think you know, necessity is the mother of invention, and we need we need to figure these things out. And I think we will. Um, but I think yeah, I think we're probably just in that period in time now where we're kind of in limbo, because think of when we. Think of when we were tribal. Think of when we were living in small groups. You know, you're f- surrounded by your friends and family and you, you knew everyone around you and you had lots more leisure time, you know? I mean, you had probably lions and tigers to deal with on the <laughs> battlefield. But <laughs> but outside of that, you know, we were living within, within you know, um, our evolution and within nature. And then the last ten, twelve thousand 12,000 years, that hasn't been the case and we've gotten to the point we're at now. And I mean, in another thousand years, we're going to be so incredibly different. We're, we're not even going to know... Mm. It's going to be insane, mm-hmm. but I think we'll get to another really, really good point. I think we're just in a, in a period now where we're banking on artificial intelligence to, to, to bail us out. What uh, You mentioned that we've gone down the path
1: of you think the world might be a little um, happy, people aren't happy enough at the moment. Yeah. And you, say, and you obviously spoke of mental health. What, what, what aspect of adventure, apart from taking people out and, and showing them <laughs> the world and giving them that, that, that connection, I suppose that, that's the answer, but... Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you enforce anything specific around mental health in what you do?
0: Um, not, not particularly. Although, on every one of our trips, we so our trips basically revolve around travel, uh, travel, exercise, and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll take people to a destination. Say, um, say we go to Indonesia, for example, is a is a easy exa- uh, easy example. We'll have a day of surfing, a day of rafting, a day of hiking, a day of diving. Some stand-up paddle boarding and in and around that we'll train, um, and then in and around that we'll also do some mindfulness. So that'll be yoga or meditation. Okay. So we just like to promote. I mean, it's how I live my life. Um, I don't go crazy. I'm not a yogi. I'm not in 20, 25 hours a week training mode anymore, which I, you know, I was for a period there. Yep. But I definitely look after my body and I look after my mind, and I think everybody should. Yep. You know, so. Um, the whole the whole experience of adventure is kind of based around how I think that we should do things, yeah, okay. and that's, that's how I how I live my life. So we talk about a lot of mental health on our podcast, and on, you know, because I've dealt with uh, some family, uh, my family has mental health issues in in our past. I've dealt with some stuff myself for sure, without without a shadow of doubt. Um, so we've always been very open to. Getting a bit of uh, interference here from Ziggy, my dog. He just wants <laughs> He's the ball. Taking thrown. my, att- my yeah. attention. It's fine. Yeah, but um, yeah, I've always wanted to be very open about it conversationally when we um with our with what we do with our podcasts and our media and so forth. And then we yeah we promote exercise and mindfulness on our trips. Yep. And then you know that's a, that's a really big part of it to try and try and. I don't know. I don't want to sway people and tell them how to do things, but you know, expose them to something they may not already be exposed to, and they may get something out of it.
1: Yeah, you spoke about before that you, you know, you don't think about the business, but you think about the people that it helps. Was kind of so you're focusing on the purpose of the business, the purpose of venture fit with you know, in, in pursuit of what you want to get done. At what point were you awoken to the fact that that's how you should should operate, or did you just operate that way?
0: No, <clears throat> I definitely didn't always operate that way. Um, I probably. I probably reframed. I probably reframed that. Hmm, when was it? Maybe sometime over the last eighteen months. Okay. Um, uh, probably. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I remember how it went down. I, you know, I'd always thought of, um, you know, dollars and cents and and whether we were financially successful and and so forth as as success with Adventure Fit, and I still do to a degree because if we don't make money we're not a business and we can't offer anything to anyone but at the end of the day I don't I've had I've had the opportunity to have a lot of money in my past I had three houses when I was 22 years old and I was on the track to if I wanted to to have a lot of money as a a 32 year old right now but I decided to start traveling I prioritized everything wrong my my priorities were upside down I prioritized money over experience and life and now it's the other way around so um, yeah so I think I, yeah, going through some really tough periods with Adventure Fit forced me to change the way that I look at things, you know, forced me to go, okay, cool, we're not financially absolutely rocketing along right now, but that's cool, that's not, you know, what are we really here to do? We're here to survive, we're here for me to be able to have a life that I can, you know, enjoy myself, I don't need to be super rich and super well off, but... You know, as long as we're making a really positive impact, then, you know, that's better than anything else. When I went through one of my <clears throat> toughest periods, I broke up with my partner two years ago roundabouts. And that was basically because I blamed that on Adventure Fit, to be fair. Yep. Like, I nearly shut the doors on Adventure Fit because it had put me through so much stress in that 12 to 18 month period beforehand that. I didn't enjoy my life. I wanted some. I wanted to escape it. I wanted to move away. I had this plan to move to South America, or I wanted to make some major change because I just wasn't enjoying day to day anything. So I broke up with my partner who was beautiful. She was amazing. We were awesome. We were in love. we were having. We were great. Yeah. And I pushed her away, and 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 we broke up. And then I went through a really really dark, probably three month period before I started to come good again. And uh, Alvin. One of my guys that, um, Alvin, one of my guys that uh, in the Philippines. So he's our media manager. He puts our podcasts together. He's like a little brother of mine, basically. And um, when I was talking to Alvin and telling him how I was going and and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't super positive about things, and he said to me in quotation marks, he said, "The best thing you can do in this world is to make other people happy," and <clears throat> and he was talking about Adventure Fit and so forth. And I said to him. I said that's a nice one, mate. Who said that? And he said, You did doc <laughs> and uh, and then I remembered because he edits our podcast, so he writes down quotes and and just you know shelves yeah. them for a later date and whatever and I remembered saying it, and that is what I believe, and it I mean that was one of the things that that got me out of that tough period because I had no love for adventure fit i didn't want to carry on with it but through, I mean, that, that one thing brought it to mind with Alvin and then I did a lot of work with Mac, one of my guys, one of my staff. Yep. And, um, and I realized that, yeah, I, I kind of had to change my, my frame, of, uh, frame of mind there and, yeah, think about the people and then it allowed me to push forward and yep. get through that tough period.
1: Give me a, a description of one of the dark moments.
0: Yeah, I went through some pretty, pretty heavy-duty social anxiety um, to the point where, yeah, it was a real problem. It was a real problem, like not wanting to go out of the house, and not this coincided yeah. with the, like two years ago kind yeah. of the period. Yeah, yeah. again, yep. I blame it all on adventure. Yep. Yeah, you know? like it, the the at the time the stress was the stress of every week. You know, are we going to be shutting our doors? Are we going to have enough money to run this trip? Are we going to be able to fund uh, this, that, and the other? And and you know, the stress of shutting our doors and the stress of letting people down—that's the hardest part. When we're going through the toughest periods and people have paid money to come on holidays, yeah. And the fact that I'm looking down the barrel of oh shit, I might not be able to run this holiday like yeah. that's a terrible feeling to go through. That's a terrible no one should ever have to go through that. Because I love all these people. Half of them I've met, half of them I haven't, but I have a good relationship, they're relying on us. Yeah. They've come to us because they're going through something themselves. They've they've, you know, had a knee reconstruction and, and they have lost faith in their body and they wanna they wanna put their body to the test. They've come out of a bad divorce. They've been made redundant, they want to start fresh before they know before they decide what they want to do with their lives they've come for a reason most people you know most people don't want to just come on a holiday and to let them down was just too much for me so the stress got to me and yeah it sent me to yeah some pretty heavy heavy social anxiety and you know a lot of people listening to this will have had periods of anxiety and know what it's about a lot of people won't and and the people that won't will probably be like oh yeah cool man you're a little bit anxious no worries it was crippling like 100% crippling um Like, imagine walking around every day, every single day, like I would go to the IGA across the road to buy milk and I wouldn't want to look someone in the eye, you know? I'd be like, oh, fuck, I hope they don't ask me how my day is because I don't (laughs) want to say something dumb. I don't want to have to answer that. That's a fucking horrible, horrible thing, you know? Like I said, like, you only get so many moments in your life, you know? And and Dale Carnegie's book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, is a really great book because it talks to you about the, the easy things that it should be, the low-hanging fruit, the, the things that you you shouldn't take for granted, which is just smiling when you have an interaction with someone, asking them how their day is, that those little tiny things that make you happier, make them happier and just make you just, you know, yeah. And so, so I went through, you know, some really heavy, heavy-duty social anxiety and, um, you know, I was in tears with a, with with, with Daryl, my psychiatrist on more than one occasion. Um, you know, I went through through some stuff and, and I credit to myself in a way. Credit to Tommy and Mac, very much so. They were, they were my biggest, closest confidants, and really helped me through that period. Yep. Um, Tommy must have been probably twenty two, twenty three at the time, and he was. I'm like, man, you are not a twenty two year old kid. Like, you, yep. you are so wise for twenty. 20- you, you're a fucking goofball. You're a knucklehead. <laughs> like, you, you know, if you listen to our podcast, you listen to Tommy. You're like, but, but. He's a wise dude, a wise young dude. Anyway, he really helped me. Mac really helped me, but I, I got myself through that as well to a degree. Like I, I set up things in my in my day and in my life to make sure that I'm the happiest, most efficient, effective, you know, yep. person that I can be. Um, and that was just through necessity, I suppose.
1: There's a couple of questions that have come up from that. The first one I'll run one through is. Your ability to get coached, your ability to get help, your ability to seek out—is it—is it the people that you'd fall, you've fallen in, like um, fallen in with, as in Mac and as in, um, you know, Tommy? They're the ones that got you through that period. Mm-hmm. Did you, uh, did you come to them because they were nearby, or did you
0: seek them out too because that's that's you know who you wanted to attract into your world? Um, no, a, a little bit of both for sure. I mean, when I first was going through mental health issues and, and what have you, and I wanted some help. That was actually, I mean, just like the, they say on the ads and, and just like you hear when, when people say, you know, actually seeking help for the first time is the hardest the hardest thing. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know what to do, so I called um, one of the um, Beyond Blue. I called Beyond Blue, pulled okay. over my car. I yeah. was having like a panic attack while I was driving down, down the road one day. I pulled over my car in the emergency lane and called Beyond Blue and then went to a psychologist and... <laughs> Telling my mum was really hard because I didn't want to upset her that I'd been not feeling that great. Um, But once I'd done that, once I'd spoken to my mum, once my family knew and once I'd spoken to someone, the first big hurdle, then I have no issue talking to people. And then basically, Tommy and Mac, they were the closest people to me at the time, but they were also the guys that I trusted most with those issues that could really help me. Yeah, okay. that could listen but could also really, really impart some, some good ideas and some good knowledge as well. So, um and yeah, I've probably attracted those guys into my life through you know, not not through chance really. Like chance encounters, but you become mates with the people you become mates with because of commonalities, obviously. And we're we're all very driven, very much into self development, but we're all blokey kind of, you know, loose kind of blokey characters at, at the core as well. Yeah. Um so yeah, but those guys were priceless to me at that point, Mac. Mac had been doing a lot of um he he was calling himself a life coach and he was getting a real tough run of it from like you know, the community that the gym he was training at and people so people would come to me and they're like, "Oh, Max, Max's a life coach now. What's what's going on there?" Yeah. You know, cuz they had this connotation attached oh, to yeah. it.
1: Yeah, I, I I hear it yeah, like, we even a coach. when I when I say it, I like
0: Yeah. That. And I said and people would ask me, people would come to me and like Poking poking fun at him effectively. Yeah, they'd be like, "Oh, so Mac's a life coach now? Is he? Is he? Is he coaching you, Doc? Is he, or who's he? Who's um, who's paying him to fuck their life up, or whatever they would say?" And I was like, "Guys, you obviously don't know Mac. Yep. I'm like, he's you don't study anything to be a life coach. He's not qualified in anything, but he's fucking amazing at what he does. Yep. People pay him to make their life better. Yeah, good on him. <laughs> and he does. He does. He makes their get, life doesn't better. Doesn't get better than that. Yeah, that's right. Like, not everyone." Yeah, life coach is a, is a, is a, is a funny term. So, um, you know, Mac ended up becoming a performance coach, and it was more, you know, there was a lot of um, a lot of actual programming, exercise programming, and nutrition, and 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 so performance coach he kind of felt a little bit more yeah. comfortable with, and yeah. that's probably what he does. He helps people to perform better. Um, I mean, it's the exact same thing, effectively as life coach. Yeah. But he did he effectively just took me on as one of his clients in a way, like he would keep me accountable, and he would we would sit down and have chats and. And figure out what made me happy, what what I needed to put in place, and he would he would really follow up with me and make sure that I did that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Without Tommy and Mac, like I would have been fine, but fucking, hell, it would have taken a lot longer. I, I reckon.
1: What are some of the things that you've put in place now to make sure you're living your, your your happiest, your most effective, your most efficient life? Mm.
0: Yeah. Well, at that point in time, I figured out there were three things that were that were out of control in my life because you have to feel like you're in control. Yep. of your life when you feel like you're out of control then that's really really debilitating so financially we were out of control basically me and Adventure Fit. so I was like okay I have to pull out all the stops and start to make ground there I have to start to see progress yep. okay or I shut the doors at Adventure Fit. Um, the second was my mental health was slipping quite badly so I had to see some professional help which I'd done in the past but I hadn't taken that step to see someone again and I I go see a guy named Daryl who's absolutely fucking fantastic. He's amazing. He's just a good good guy. Um and then thirdly was I wanted to get my friends back in my life, you know. I wasn't making time for anyone but Adventure Fit and, and, and Jill, who was my partner at the time, yep. you know. So I so that were the three the three macro things that I wanted to change. So I started to make sure that I would at the very least have lunch with a mate in the week, you know. Yep. Even if it's somebody that, that I work with, that I enjoy, you know, let's go out and, you know, have lunch together. And I started to build because I kind of felt like I couldn't reach out to a lot of my mates as well because I pushed them away and I wasn't feeling good. I was a bit anxious and a bit down in the down in the dumps to a degree. So, I had to really force myself to, to get back to getting out of my comfort zone and catching up with people. But I started to really schedule that into my calendar pretty, pretty routinely. So, that were the macro things that I focused on. But I've always been really big. I say always. I mean, I mean probably the last five years, really since I actually heard of the concept, and yeah. that's been. Um, I've been really big on on a morning routine. Yeah. Um, because so many of us, our days can get totally out of control, and once your days, you know, out of control, or once you're busy, or once you're tired, or you know, you don't come home and and do a bunch of things to to yeah. better yourself yeah. in the afternoons and in the evenings. So, so I just carved out a pretty. Rigorous morning routine, but I love it. You know what I did was I didn't really have a morning routine. I wasn't meditating as much as I as I should. So I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a game out of this. So I bought a whiteboard from um, from Bunnings and I made a grid. And across the top was the days of the week, and across uh, and down um, and down vertically was every morning routine habit that I want to pick up. Yep. And I wouldn't be able to do them all every day because there was too many of them and it's just not realistic. But what I did was I would mark off every day what I would do. So I'd wake up in the morning and I would start the day with a cold shower. Um, so that was great. Get some endorphins, um, really wake you up and jolt you into the day. I start with a warm shower and yep. then I finish with a cold, which yep. is a trick for anyone that wants to actually... <laughs> wants to get into yeah, it. If you want to be a tough guy, yeah. just jump in there, but it's not for me. Um, so I would have a cold shower. I would go back and I would meditate um, probably 10 to 20 minutes on yep. average. I would write a gratitude journal. I now write a full journal which has at the end it has three gratitude points but I, originally I was just writing a gratitude journal. Three things that I was grateful for that that um, that day. Yep. Uh, I would get in some reading if I could. I would get in some exercise if I could. I would drink a liter of water with, with sea salt and there was a bunch of other things as well but they were the main ones and, and then what that would do is I would write down for a week what my score was. Okay, cool and then I tried to beat that the next week. Yep. And it was a little competitive game with myself and like they say within... Within three months, it's a, it's a habit. You, yeah. know, you form the habit. And then now, to this day, I have a pretty I have a pretty tight morning routine. Now, Ziggy's involved in the routine, so I'm getting outside. I'm spending time with, with my dog. Like what I do in the morning, I wake up, cold shower. I'll come in. I'll lay down in the bed. Ziggy normally sleeps underneath the blankets. And I'll lay down. I'll say, Ziggy boy, Ziggy boy. And then he'll come out. He'll jump all over me for a bit. We'll sit down. We'll, we'll have a cuddle for probably five minutes. I play with him and roll around and, and what have you. Then I'll, yeah. I'll I'll meditate, I'll journal, if I can read, it's a major win. Yeah. And then I'll go for a walk along the beach and then, you know, by 8:30 I'm ready to start my day and I've already I've already won. Yeah. If everything goes if everything goes out of control and and I have a bad day after that point, I haven't really had a bad day. So if you look at good average uh, so if you look at good average and bad, then if you have a say you have a say you get up and you do everything that you want to do for the day, In your morning routine, you've done some exercise, meditated, all this productive stuff makes you feel really good. You go out and you have some some emails that you didn't want to receive. You're having some problems with with your staff. You you don't get the workout you want to get in. Then you know that's a that's a negative impact on your day. But you've probably broke even. Yeah. You know what I mean. That's the way I look at it. And if I have a good day, which most of my days are good, if I have a good day, I've had a great day because I've had a good morning and a good day. You know. So I'm really big on um on a morning routine, um, and then yeah, I've got a. I'm exercising and, and and training a bunch but that's probably the thing that I need to pick up and get um, that's probably the one thing that I I would like to spend a bit more time doing is getting back into a better routine exercise was I do things I do I do I do things yep. you know I just uh for what purpose Um well so I used to train as in cuz I know you did some CrossFit and then you went into a bit of powerlifting for a little while like is it is it do you want to get back into that or Well is there- so no, it's just for maintaining my mind, and my body, and that's really it. Yep. You know, so so I'm at the period now. The last eighteen months, because I was weightlifting competitively. I did CrossFit for a couple of years. I did weight. I was a weightlifter for about three or four. The last time I really lifted was national championships 2016. So I was like nationally. I was at the national championships. Mm-hmm. So I was doing pretty alright. Andy. Yeah, and then for the period that was right when I broke up with Jill, and then I stopped training for about three months and so when I started training again I just I signed up at a powerlifting gym so I was a couple of days a week there yep. maintaining my strength I've got a roller in my room I've got the beach by my doorstep so I'll do a a 10 or 15 minute workout a couple of times a week Yeah. so that's just so I don't feel like I'm just falling apart you yep. know because I am very big on um, you know maintaining you know those endorphins that you get from exercise and, and looking and feeling good about yourself you know i'm not gonna lie like looking good you you know is is good it makes you feel better and so i am i am vain in that way but i don't care it's it makes me feel better mentally to look good um but i am getting the itch to to try and potentially start some some real training again so i got my car broken into before i got rid of it and i got my training bag stolen so i had no lifters no belt you know i had a thousand bucks worth of stuff in there yeah and that got stolen i was Bummed out, but I wasn't training at the time, so I didn't think too much of it. But now I'm just starting to look around, so I want to buy some lifters, and uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start training hard again. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just get some some more more hours in the week anyway. Yep. Some more serious hours in. So. Just turn it
1: up a little again. Yeah, just turn yeah. it up a little and yeah. see what happens.
0: Yeah, get the rig right. Yeah, yeah, get like the rig yeah. all shaped up for summer. Mate, yeah. I'm just trying to summer, coming. let's be honest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> August, it's <laughs> the <laughs> first of August. Every year, you just say that August <laughs> chat, I reckon yeah. I, might, yeah. you know, I might take it a bit more seriously now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've got Ziggy I've always... and you know, him on the front of the league, <laughs> me with the back of it. Yeah, fuck it, let's go. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's exactly right. You saw right through me, I fucking can't lie to you. <laughs>
1: Have you petitioned the council for a beach gym down here yet?
0: No, 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 I am the gym down there, mate. Um, but um, anyway, so that's, that's some of the stuff that I do. I'm just always trying to, trying to feel. I prioritize my, my happiness, my mental health, kind of, but I don't like to say mental health because it's like, you know, then you're kind of thinking like it's a negative connotation. Yep. Like just my happiness. Yep. I try and be happier every day than, than I would, you know, without doing, you know, my, my morning routine and the things that I do. And I think that's super important. Happy and, and content, you know, that's what we all need more of. When you were 22, and you are three houses deep,
1: I take it you're not in that position anymore, no, three houses deep twenty two heading down a path of you could have head down um you could have just gone down the path of work your ass off, keep building your could, keep building everything, and mm-hmm. you know you might own th- this block that you live in now mm-hmm. but, um, what happened for you to go, you know what this isn't right. I like the, these are my passions owning a fuck ton of land and, and and property on it and investment property isn't what I want to do. I'm going to
0: go travel. What 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 was the catalyst of that? Um so I had a problem with my liver when I was 23. I was really ill for 12 months. Um and that was the catalyst 100%. So what what happened was um I was really ill for 12 months. I was on some some pretty um heavy medication and it took everything away from me that I that I really loved. I used to be a local. Uh, I played played Aussie rules football, and and that was like my passion. I used to train. I used to, I used to run. I was in the gym a lot, but it was all because I loved football. and I wanted to play good football. Yeah. So I had that taken away from me, um, I was quite ill day to day. Lost a lot of weight. Couldn't train in any way, shape, or form. One strange thing that happens: my hair went straight. Um, it's not it's not super curly now, but it's wavy. It, it was dead straight. Like I had a straight and a hair straight <laughs> and a on. I was fucked, mate. It was fucked. And then so I remember so I used to have a subscription to Australian Property Investor Magazine yep. and my dad used to have a, a, a subscription to Property Investor Australia Magazine so okay. they were yeah. the two yeah they were yep. the two major magazines for property in um, in Australia and I used to read them back to front like you know 100 back to front yeah back to front I used to, I used to read them you know every single word from the moment they dropped in the house I would just be deep in them when I would come home from Work every day. I would be on real estate dot com, figuring out my next potential real estate investment. Yep. Um, and everything was just um, focused around money. I thought that money was the only way that you could be successful. And yeah, I, I focused everything around having more equity, buying more houses, and, and making more money. And then when I had everything taken away, I realized that I was like, okay, this once I'm, um, there's got to be more to life than this, you know? There's got to be more. And I thought once I once I'm past this once I'm through this period I'm going to see the world. I'm going to take off. I don't know where I'm going but I'm going to take off. Yep. And so I remember I googled um I googled oh bucket list travel or 100 places to 100 best places to see or I don't know what I googled but I came across um this guy Howard Hillman and he had com, and he was a dude who claimed to have traveled every country of the world. And yep. and he knew he, he, he'd compiled a list of Hillman's hundred, yep. it's the hundred greatest sites to see on the planet. Yeah. He had a list of a thousand, but he had a, um yeah, his hundred. He'd written a book about his hundred, and there was like a, I actually printed off the PDF version and used it as a checklist. It was in my travel diary, like it would go around everywhere with me. I used to have a couple of spares, so I'd give them to people when I'd talk about it. And, um, yeah, so I figured out that on this list, there was um, there was a, a huge portion of the top 20 or top 100 in general were all in South and Central America. Yeah, so okay. many so many ruins and, and natural wonders and amazing cultures, ma- ma- man-made, ma- man-made structures in South America. It's insane. Yeah. So that's how I decided to start traveling and, and to go to South America. And then I did six months of traveling through that part of the world and I was hooked. I was just like, right, this is it. I'm just... I'm into this. Yep. This is this is good this stuff. This is me. Yeah. This is
1: me. So, so yeah. So, do you remember the feeling of that uh that, that that awakening. Do you remember? Do you remember what that was like? You know, the the, the pins and needles or how, what that was like. Or,
0: or I do you... have a funny story actually. There you go. So, so okay. So I was with Leon in Mexico for three days in Cancun. We parted for three days. The crossover. Yeah, The yep. crossover. What I mentioned. Um, and then we had I had two more days in Mexico before and I'd already had the friends that I'd made with Leon and I was in a hotel. I'd never actually put my backpack on and gone and checked into a hostel and tried to make friends with people online. That was like the big step for me. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, this, is, this is a... Oh, I can't believe I'm telling a story, but I think you'll like it. But, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so, so, what happened was, this is um, the fourth night, my fourth night of the trip, I had a night off. And then the fifth night with all these new friends, Leonard left, but with all these new friends, we decided to have a big night partying in Cancun. Like it's the most debaucherous place you yep. can be, Las Vegas and Cancun. I, I don't know if there's any more than, than that. Um, and then so the next day, I packed my bags and I left on a ferry from Cancun to a place called Isla Mujeres, uh, which is about an hour or two, can't remember exactly now, an hour or two on the ferry from Cancun. So I get to Isla Mujeres and I've checked into a hostel named Pockner, Pockner Hostel, one of the better hostels I've ever been to. Um, and I got there and the hostel has a huge volleyball court in the backyard. The backyard is sand. The backyard is the beach of this hostel, basically. Yep. There's a bar right in the middle with a DJ booth and and a, and a huge expansive, it's a, a huge bar Hammocks everywhere, volleyball courts, it's the coolest place you could ever imagine. I got there and I'm super hung up. I've had four out of five nights of, of partying, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm twenty four at the time, so I can handle it, but I'm still pretty beat up. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I see all these people and everyone's already buddies, you know, it's hostile environment, everyone's already known everyone already knows each other and, and I was like, right, you've got to go up and you know make some friends, you've got to go make some friends. And I remember reading in this hammock and I just kept looking over these groups of people, I'm like, Oh, I'll go talk to those guys and I'm like, Oh no, I'm so hung over, I'm so tired. And then I actually chickened out. So by about 7 or 8 p.m., I was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to start fresh tomorrow. I'm going to make some friends. And then uh, what happened was I went to went to my dorm and I walked in the dorm and I hadn't realized before this point, but I walked in and there's four, two bunk beds, four beds in total. And I look around and I see bikinis and bathers hanging off the three other beds. I'm like, oh, it's a dorm full of girls, so no worries. And then... Um, I didn't really think too much of it. And then, so I went to sleep. I was super brown at this point in time. This is a weird thing to add to the story, but you'll understand why. So uh, anyway, I go to sleep and I'm laying face down with just the blanket at like my hip or the sheet across my hip and, uh, and the rest of my body exposed, head down. And then at about, 3:15 3:15 a.m. because the bar is open till 3 a.m. Yeah, about 3:15 a.m. I hear um, all this commotion coming towards the dorm. And it was it was girls. It was it was um, obviously the girls that were in the dorm. Anyway, they're carrying on, and I couldn't understand what language they were speaking. But I used to, I used to um uh I used to have a German um, teacher at school, so I knew that I think they were German. Yeah. Anyway, I'm laying down. The door flies open. And these girls are out of control and then all of a sudden they're, they're yelling and screaming and giggling or whatever and then all of a sudden they go quiet and stop and this one girl goes and I'm just I'm kind of awake, you know, I'm just laying face down and this one girl goes, Jenny, Jenny, look, there's a hot boy in our room. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so I'm, I'm face down in my pillow. I'm like, fuck, I wonder what they're going to say next. They didn't say anything next. The girl, her name is Alice. and Alice, she reaches down, grabs the blanket, Rips it off me, grabs me, goes, "Come with me, hot, uh, come with me, hot boy, you're coming with us, Pulls me out of bed. They start throwing clothes on me, like I've got my you know pants on upside down, fucking T-shirts inside out, and then they ran me out to the beach, and I started making out with this Alice girl, yeah and she was great. she was a German girl, she was great. We had the best time. We spent like the next probably two and a half days together before I left. And we were inseparable. She was amazing. We had the most like full, you know, backpacker romance yep. kind of thing. And then, so I thought to myself... And that was my first hostel. That was my first <laughs> night in a hostel. I've been woken up by this hot German girl, dragged me down the beach. And I spent three days together with her. Yeah. And I was like, fuck this traveling thing's all right. But... <laughs> but... <laughs> this works all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's never happened to me since, you know. And never <laughs> probably will again. hunting for it. Yeah, <laughs> never, yeah, never will happen to me again. But it was so funny. That was my first ever hostel experience. But But what actually... So that's just a funny like hookup experience. But it, but but what happened from that hostel, this is probably the thing that was the most eye-opening, the most like invigorating, the most, oh my God, I'm really alive. And that was, so I was at the hostel for three or four days. <clears throat> I spent the first couple of days with Alice and then she left. And I think I had one more night there <clears throat> and I ended up partying and stuff and meeting a bunch of people. And I walked over to the pool table at the hostel and there was a crazy Canadian gentleman there. He had wild hair, looked like he'd been electrocuted, like wild blonde hair, really big, strong, fit-looking dude. He's like 55, this guy. His name was Guy, actually. And then anyway, so I started talking to him and what had happened was he was in the hostel and he was trying to find people to sail with him to Belize. And um, anyway, so I'm like, oh, yeah, sail to Belize. He's like, yeah, yeah, you just got to say that you're my first mate. Um, I don't have any license or anything like that. You just We go and you, we register you. You be my f- first mate. If we can get some other people in from around here, they can be like um, deckhand number one, deckhand number two, and we'll do a trip down to Belize. And I was like, fuck, this sounds good. I'm liking this. I'm, but I'm like 15 beers in at like <laughs> 2 a.m. on the pool table. And then, so I'm talking to guy a guy about this. a three-day high with Alex. Yeah, so, yeah. Sure. I'm talking to a guy about this experience. And then all of a sudden, Anna... This German girl hears what we're talking about, and this guy that she's talking to, Bjorn. They are both German, but they didn't know each other. But they just—they were playing pool together on the other table. So they walk over and they're like, "Oh, tell us about this experience." They're like, "Yeah, cool. We're going to sail to Belize, Key Corker. It's an amazing spot. My boat's awesome. It's a—it's a 42-foot catamaran. We can, you know, do some diving, do some um, stand-up paddleboarding. All this sound like the dream. So, you know, 2 a.m. We're like, "Yeah, this is sick. Let's do it." We're all making a pact, high-fiving. And what have you? So the next day, <clears throat> I'm sitting in a hammock again. I'm reading. I'm pretty hungover and tired. I'm reading this book, and I'm looking across. I'm like, "Fuck! I remember that guy from somewhere." <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Who is Young, this guy? Young, looking guy. Yeah, yeah. No, but it wasn't. It wasn't guy. It was. Oh. Um, it was Bjorn. Okay. Yeah. And Bjorn walks over to me, and he goes, and then I've realised. And he goes, "Hey, man." He's like, "Are you uh, are you going to be doing that sailing trip that we <laughs> talked about?" And I'll, me and Bjorn were both like, "Oh." I'm like, bro, I don't know. And Anna, I can tell we were both probably going to pull out and then Anna comes around the corner. She's like, oh my God, <laughs> guys, are you ready to go? <laughs> so we're like, okay, cool. So yeah. we ended up... Change your mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we ended up jumping on this, um, this boat <laughs> and we sailed. It was an illegal sa- sailing um, boat, uh, illegal tour-, tour boat from um, Isla Mujeres in Mexico to Key Corker in Belize. In the meantime, what had happened was Hurricane Matthew. So we were. There was no internet, no Coast Guard, no anything like that. We were just sailing. We yeah. were off the grid. Yeah. Guy had no communication with anyone because he can't. It was, it was illegal. Yeah. And there was no internet around at that time for Wi-Fi. If you're out in the in the Caribbean sailing a catamaran, oh, yeah. so we start the sa- we start the sail. Little do we know, Hurricane Matthew has kicked off in the Caribbean and it's coming up the Caribbean coast towards Belize, right? Yeah. So um so this is like day one everyone's having a good time we're, we're drinking a couple of beers whatever and guys guys up and about he's doing a great job as the captain but we were going like two knots an hour like there was no wind and we're going against the um the current and then so he's like oh, we, we, we're way behind schedule so what i'm going to do guys i'm going to do some bigger days and we'll, we'll get there we'll get there on time like it'll all be cool it's supposed to be four days so we're like yeah cool noise. next day comes and guy i realized like he mustn't have slept hardly at all and he's literally middle of the day and he's like falling asleep every every like 10 seconds you know he's falling asleep at the at the wheel of this this catamaran he kept looking over at me and i was just sitting there reading a book he looked over at me about 3 times and i said to him like mate do you want me to have a have yeah. a go of the ship just show me how to do it and just go get a power nap and he's like yep get up here so i get up and he goes um goes through the process of showing me how everything works. So he's like, right, we're at full mast right now. If we get to 22 knots an hour, yeah, you know, we go down to half mast, but you're not going to have to worry about that, it's, you know, no way. Um, here's the GPS, here's how you see the depth chart, here's how you see know, the directions, here's how you steer, here's how you do this, that, and the other. Bjorn was with me too. Bjorn was there listening to the instructions. And then I'm like, yep, cool, thanks, guy. You go grab a nap, mate, I'll just be here, and then, um, you know, I'll hand over the ship when you're ready. So he went to have a power nap at 4 p.m., Gets to about six thirty and it starts to go a little bit dark and I said to Bjorn, I'm like, "Fuck, guys, having a good old pound app, here." Yeah. Bjorn goes, "Yeah, if you want me to wake him up, I'm like, Nah, I've got this. I've got <laughs> all this. over it." Yeah. Call and me then, Skipper. Yeah. Actually throw him off. Yeah. Yeah. I took, of his, I took his sti- Skipper cup and I was drinking out of, his, out of his captain's mug anyway. And then so it gets to about seven, seven thirty and outside it's like black. It's dark. You know, it's pitch black. Bjorn's like, "You good?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, I'm good." But then all of a sudden it starts to get a little bit windier and a little bit wilder. I'm like, okay, cool, no worries. And then within about thirty minutes, we're in the middle of a just a tropical storm, like a big squall, like massive. (laughs) And I'm like, uh, I said to Bjorn, I'm like, Bjorn, come and have a look at this with me, man. I need to find where we can get the knots. Like, I want to see how fast we're going because it wasn't on. I didn't have that screen on the GPS. And we're playing around. I'm like, fuck, sixteen knots. Yeah, that's fast. I'm like, that's fast, bro. And he's like, what do you mean? That's cool. I'm like, yeah, that's fast. So, Guy said if we get to 22, that it's no deal. And Bjorn's like, I'll go wake up, Guy. I'm like, no, you're not waking him <laughs> up. This is my ship now. I've got this. And then, um, so, anyway. <laughs> Had my, you sailed or anything nah, back here? <laughs> <in>, never. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> never in my life. So, I end up, um, I end up, I have my first coffee of all time. I'm like, Bjorn, go make me a coffee uh, and make it strong. So, I started punching out copies. I said, "And get me, get me the wombat. Uh, no, get me the streets and put on original pirate material. <laughs> and then, um, so I'm listening to the streets as I'm bombing along, singing to myself, drinking my first ever coffee, trying to stay awake. And I sailed. So, we were supposed to take like 18 hours to the next place that we could actually um, like port. Yep. And that was why I was doing such big days. Mate, I got a there in like fucking six hours. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and it was the wildest experience. Like we got to we got to eighteen or twenty knots. I can't remember. We got to two two knots from like having to pull the mast down or we we're gonna rip the sail in half. Yeah. And um but it was the most I'm literally like we're capsizing, I'm bombing along the Caribbean in a forty two foot catamaran. Yeah. I've been sailing for some total of three hours <laughs> <and> <laughs> in a tropical storm, and then oh it was wild. And then we found out when we got to Belize that Everyone had evacuated. They're like yeah, tropical, right. tropical. Um, um, yeah, Hurricane Matthew's coming up the coast, and everyone's bailed. So we actually had to bunker down and 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 cop that on the chin as well. It was it was a cla- and I'm like fucking hell. I feel like I'm really alive right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, caffeinated, fucking skin. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But just experiences like that. Like I'll never forget that. Yep. I'll never, I'll never forget that experience. You know, that's a wild story, and it's just. It was just awesome. It was the most amazing time. I traveled with Anna for three months. Yeah, okay. Not hooking up, nothing sexual, just buddies. Like, we are just, we're t- t- totally different. We're, we're two. She was a publisher at a, she was, a, I was a tradesman at the time. She was a, a publisher at a, um, an editor at a publishing house. She was, I was 25. She was 34. I didn't smoke weed. She woke woke up and had a joint for breakfast. Like, I was just a jock. She was yeah. a, she was a hipster. Like, it was, we, we couldn't have been more opposite and we tra- We had that experience together and then we're like, right, let's fucking do this. Yeah. And we traveled for three months together and it was just awesome. And that's that's the kind of stuff, not everyone's going to have totally wild stories and it's not all about that, but yeah, I got addicted to traveling pretty pretty quick smart. How do you um like fucking epic stories?
1: And I would <laughs> love to just have have you just tell me more and more and more about them. But <laughs> to bring that back to Adventure Fit and doing that, because you see, you know, that was kind of the moment or the the mm-hmm. that trip was where you realised that travelling was your was your thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no wonder you know, caffeinated high <laughs> in the middle of a tropical storm, <laughs> fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, but what? How do you try this? That was where I was going. How do you try and get Adventure Fit trips? I would imagine a pretty structured. You know, you, yep. you, How do? You, how do you bring in the Randomness.
0: Yeah. Well, it's not about randomness um, for adventure. But for to try and recreate that experience, I mean, my levels of um, my comfort zone is pretty wide. Yeah. As a, a gen, in a general in a general sense, you know, um, I invested in real estate really early, so I mean, my my risk tolerance is quite high, um, and I'm also a bit of a, a goose, and I'll try anything, and it's just how I'm kind of built. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, so. For me to get out of my comfort zone, like I probably go to more extreme measures than others would be willing to, in some, you know, some certain sense. But you know, Greece, for example, we just we just um, did a trip to Greece, and we had a day of diving, and none of the people on the on the Greece trip had ever done any diving before. Yeah, so we had yeah. a day of discovery diving, and they were all freaking out. You know, they were like, "Fuck! I don't know if I can do this. I'm really kind of like not sure about it. I really want to do it, but oh, I don't think I can." And I'm not going to take really any credit for this. I was trying to help the guys, but the, the staff that we had, the, the dive instructors were phenomenal, first yep. class. They were like, guys, look, we get this all the time. I really think you'll enjoy the experience. Let me help you. We'll go and we'll, we'll do baby steps. We'll show you how it all works. In the water, this is how you do a discovery dive. They basically teach you everything and you just do one take yep. dive. And um, and if you really are peaking, they'll actually hold you and, and, and help you swim through the water and so on and so forth. And so I was pretty certain that out of this group, that a good few of them may actually pull the pin, may, may not go through That it. They were quite nervous. Mm-hmm. And then, anyway, the, the, the instructors did a great job, and these guys ended up doing a, a 20 to 30-minute dive in Santorini in Greece. The diving wasn't sensational, to be honest, the, the visibility and so on and so forth, but they got out of there, and they were like, Oh, my fucking God. I never would have thought that I would have done that. Yeah. That was—I was so nervous. That was amazing. I was underwater. Did you see this fish and this crab and this like rock formation? And that's all they could talk about. They were stoked, you know. And you know, it's not about you know sailing a catamaran into a tropical storm like that's an extreme example. But it's just about people, you know, experiencing new things and and putting them, putting them, you know, taking them out of their comfort zone. So yeah. we had a girl. Lara, who's a great friend of mine, I used to train her. I was her weightlifting coach. I was a weightlifting coach for a while there. And um, Lara, so Lara was doing um, weightlifting and a bit of CrossFit and so on and so forth. And she she couldn't, I'm not sure if she, she had pull-ups. I'm not sure if she could do a bodyweight pull-up. Um, she may have been able to do, but I would hazard a guess that she may have been able to do one or two or th- three maybe, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. And anyway, so, the first trip, our uh, second trip we did actually uh, was to New Zealand and on that trip, we went to Franz Josef Glacier. So on the South Island, amazing glacier, you get a helicopter up there and then you do some glacier climbing. So it sounds really intimidating, which we have to be careful of that is what we, what we market and what, how we word it because it, we made it like action-packed, super, yep. it was probably scared a few people off. But basically what it is, is you'll start on a snowy 45-degree slope. And you'll have ice picks and crampons and you'll you'll nearly walk up it, but you'll get to use the crampons a bit. Yep. I mean, the ice picks a bit and you'll get to the top, you'll come down and then you'll try the next level, which would be slightly steeper, slightly icier and you'll you'll have a go at that. If you're comfortable with that, you'll go as you would with the rock climbing wall. If you're doing a day of rock climbing, downhill mountain biking, yep. blue, red, black runs at the snow, you just go to what level you're comfortable with. Lara, we ended up getting to the point where the guys were all, yep, yeah, okay, knocked off most of the walls and then got offered the option to abseil down into a blue ice crevasse and climb out of there yeah. just with your ice picks and crampons. That was quite possibly the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, okay. It was insane. It was so... I'm talking cocking the arm, good good um, level of force, perfect technique and you'll get your ice pick into this wall of ice by maybe seven mil. Yeah. You know? Yeah. it's It was insanely hard. Lara aced all the walls and she was like right i'm gonna do it let's give me a go of the crevasse We're like yeah cool go for it lara you're gonna do great she lowered herself down there and then spent 15 minutes battling this ice wall and we're like lara it's cool you can come up like we can bring you up at any time she's like no i can do this and she fucking climbed her way out of there yeah it was insane and she always talks about that stuff she's she's like that made it lasting impact on her and will forever yeah she was like I never ever thought I was capable of anything like that you know that's a shit you can take into life you know yeah believing in yourself and, and you know and trying things that you trying and, and achieving things you never thought you'd, you'd be comfortable you'd be capable of doing so that's what it, it's about it's, it's a pretty amazing uh,
1: experience to be able to as you say you don't, you, don't, you don't like to take all the credit for it but it's a pretty amazing experience to be able to give to, to a person yeah and, and to many people yeah. In, in many different aspects.
0: Yeah, well, that's the best part of the job, really. The best part is meeting the people and the best part is the last day. People, we we added, we added tips to our... to our. If you want to give tips, you can give tips now because we have a lot of Americans and they're actually customary. They want to give tips. Yep. But we also promote now. We talk about gratitude. We talk about gratitude generally. We talk about if you... At the end of the trip, if you want to give a tip, you're free to give a tip. If you... Um, we give them a... Um, an envelope and also um, if you don't want to give a tip or if you do want to give a tip and you want to write something nice about some experience you've had with one of the something that's been put on or maybe one of the coaches helped you out and you you had a really great experience then we would love to hear about that yeah so now at the end of every trip we get a handwritten letter from pretty much every client just like fucking thanking us from the bottom of their heart from you know for whatever that whatever the the um the impact might have been and that's definitely the most rewarding part. Mate, that's, that goes back to what I said on that podcast that one day that Alvin made note of and that's, you know, the best thing you can do in this world is make other people happy. Yep. There's no such thing as altruism, you know. Altruism yep. doesn't exist. I mean, I mean, technically, yeah, but like if you're doing nice things for others, you're going to get a huge amount out of it for yourself. Yep. You can't not. Yeah. Humans are humans are made to feel good by helping others.
1: Yeah, you know they really yeah, they, are. Yeah, there's, there, anyone says that they do it for any other purpose. Like, yeah, I'm sure there are other things you're doing it for, but you feel fucking good when you help yeah. someone. You yeah, yeah, that's really right,
0: good. that's right. You can be kind, you can be you can altruistic, but you can't help but but get something great out of it yourself. You know, yeah. feel really good, and and that's that's what we get, and that's what I get, and I am very lucky in that case because a lot of people, no matter what they do, no, ha- no matter how passionate. They worry about their job. A lot of people don't probably have that level of um, of of satisfaction. You know, really, it is it is it is great. It is, it is really awesome.
1: It 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 sounds it, and uh and I've gotten I've gotten plenty out of out of this conversation that we've had we've had together. And normally with most guests, I have a series of final questions to kind of ask and run through, but. <laughs> we've covered so many of the, you know, I ask you about, I could ask you about like what inspires you, but you've already given seven, <laughs> seven stories of things that have gone on that, or, you know, what's hard or what your trigger mm. moment was and all those kind of things. So I'll, I'll ask some, maybe ask two and then and we'll, we'll wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, are you still drinking coffee?
0: Yeah, I do drink coffee. Yeah. I yeah. drink coffee. I'm not a
1: huge coffee drinker, but I do okay. drink coffee. Um, I was going to say being a Melbourneite, uh, do you have a do you have a coffee go-to place and what kind of coffee do you drink? Mm
0: I drink a cappuccino. Yeah. So as I said, I'm not a you know. Yeah. Um, you've got the beard, but you've <laughs> <love> got the <coffee laughs> hipster. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but okay, so I was in South Melbourne before I moved to Port Melbourne. That's probably the coffee capital of of Melbourne, nearly. Um, I would drink uh, I drink a coffee at Saint Ali in South Melbourne. Okay. Absolutely first rate. Yep. Really great. Um. And then, Dead Man Espresso, also in South Melbourne, is a really nice coffee as well.
1: Cool, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll uh, be sure to check check them Saint out. St. Ali's nice. probably
0: San probably the go-to. Perfect. San Ali Coffee Roasters in South Melbourne, there. Yep. Um, that's probably going to give you uh, your best experience. They do like they'll do all kinds of fancy slow drip, uh, yep. coffees and so forth for the real coffee drinkers out yeah. there. Uh, yeah, and they do pretty good food too. I was there yesterday catching up with a buddy and. Good spot.
1: Perfect. Um you speak about buddies, like you just did, and your old and your friends and oldest friends and so on. Lots so I'll ask this question as well. If I was to have your oldest friends sitting on the on the couch with us, it'd be a pretty crowded on the couch, but I'm sure it'd be good banter. Mm. What is something unusual that they know about you that no one else knows?
0: Mm. Mm. Um they they would probably give me shit about being a, a man child, being a being a i was i'm five eleven six foot now I was five eleven six foot when I was twelve years old <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Okay>. genuine <laughs> genuine
0: I was a freak I was a freak <laughs> we had um we had an under twelves um, football photo I was captain of the interleague side the representative side for yep. local football and you know how in some like sporting football photos or soccer photos or whatever team photos there'll be as a junior, there will be the kids, and then the coach will be wearing the jumper out. as well. Yep. The coach will be wearing the jumper, but he'll be in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I was the. Co- I looked like the coach, <laughs> you know, just all these children, then this behemoth of a twelve-year-old boy. <laughs> good. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know what else they would say about me. Um, they would use every opportunity they can to to rip into me, but yeah, I can't.
1: doc the Manchester. Yeah, perfect. And then uh, I'll ask this one as well. The school morning mantra is a question that I throw out to all my guests. So the idea is you've been invited to speak at a school before, say, 90 p, ninety kids. Mm-hmm. And they're they're about 12. So they're, they're 11, 12 years old. So they're not so young that they don't understand. And they're not so old that they're like, yeah, fuck you. Mm-hmm. So they, they'll take up what you've got to say on board. What's a mantra or a, morning, a mantra you give them to say themselves every, every morning? So it's got to be a, sh- a mantra. So it's to be a short message. Mm. But it allows them to live their most fulfilled
0: life They're happy, probably a term you'd use their happiest life chase impact not money yeah try and make a positive impact on people yep um, we, we, we focus on money as a f- you know as a form of success too much in this day and age I mean that's that's off the top of my head you know that's chase, I love it mm, go with it
1: mm. chase impact not money
0: yeah chase impact not money
1: perfect this stage of the podcast i like to reflect on the conversation for the listeners so i as you can see i keep a few notes and i i kind of uh throw back at you a couple of the key points that i took away so the listeners know what it was like to be in the here and now as opposed Mm -hmm. to you know listening to the recording in the future um there's a lot of mirroring in in the things that you've got to say about how you know, some of the experience that, I, that I've had. So there were a lot of notes I was like, "Oh, that's hilarious! That's hilarious! That's <laughs> la- you know, I'm loving them." But I'll, I'll, f- I'll focus on a couple in particular. And the first one it was um, almost the, the school morning mantra. But the first one was the idea that you decided with business to not think about the business, but think about what you were doing for people. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the um the impact you were having and uh, the the way you were helping people, um, and how good that you had Alvin. Mm give you that ability to, you know, throw that quote back at you when you're in that, that moment. And, uh, and it was something that you'd said that's, that's, that's fucking powerful. Yeah. I love that. So people need to take that on board. Like stop focusing on the business or the way I put it is stop focusing on the results so much as, you know, bring it back to what are you doing it for? Mm. What, are, what's in the, in the now?
0: Well, I, um, I had a mentor of mine who I, um, who I admire and we actually do a bit of business together now. And, uh, he said to me he was struggling because he'd he'd gotten through the tough point of his the tough point of his business and he didn't know where to go next. And he said to me, he goes, um, you know, my next goal is, you know, I'm I'm looking at hundred million, you know, I'm looking at, you know, these big figures and I'm like and he was he was struggling personally. I said, mate, you're having a rough time because you're looking at it the wrong way. Yeah. You know? Don't think about scaling the you know, scaling the bank balance. Think about scaling the people that you help. Yep. You know, and then you're gonna be driving forward. As passionately as ever, yeah, and that, yeah, and I'll I'll tell that to anyone. That's that's how I think everyone should think and feel. And I said to him, I said, "If you do that, you'll make that hundred million for sure. You know, just make focus on the people, and the money will come. Yeah, you know, in business,
1: it will and it does." Mm. Second point that I really enjoyed was uh, was thanks to to Leon. Um, and it's something that you've taken through the, the 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 traveling in the company as well. But don't judge a book by, by its cover. Mm-hmm. You ne- you, don- you never know what kind of value you're going to get out of out of someone or, or an opportunity or. Mm. Uh, a crazy young Einstein-looking dude with a boat. You know, just don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's such good advice. Don't judge it. You never know where it's going to go to take right. you. And then the last one and one of my favorite parts about you is how much you talk about your mates. How you've got this day of the year that is a non-negotiable, and how the, your oldest friends are your best friends. So people, t- you know, take that on board. Like here's a here's a gentleman that's. How many times have you been best man? Two. I'll
0: end up three or four though for sure. <laughs> just fucking just ticked it off already. So for all you close mates of him, but aren't married yet, yeah, you know, obviously. Yeah, I'm ready, boys. Don't worry. You've well, got my he, number.
1: He's a guy that's already been best man twice. It's clearly going to be best man two more times. But he puts uh, his ma- yeah puts his mates uh, first, and uh, and I mean that in in both sense, you know, both senses, both sexes. Get around your old friends. Get around your friends. Get around mm-hmm. the people that have known you the longest. That's, that's where it's at. That's mm-hmm. where the connection is. That's where relationships are. Yeah. And I took that away as well. So I yep. thank you for
0: your time. Thanks, Oz. Thanks for joining me. Ah, thanks. It's been before, a pleasure, my Before friend. we
1: completely wrap up, mate, uh, Doc, tell me your most ambitious dream.
0: Uh, my most ambitious dream is to create the world's next great lifestyle brand. I want us I want us to be synonymous with happiness and I want to help a lot of people yep. all around the world through travel, exercise, mindfulness and conversation.
1: Well your purpose and passion's there, so I look forward to the day that uh, Adventure Fit is, is the next lifestyle world's best lifestyle brand. Mm, cool. Cool. Thanks for joining me, lad. Thanks, brother. It's been my pleasure. Yeah, no worries. And thanks to you guys for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share the podcast if you think there's anything that Doc has had to say or if you think there's, there's, there's going to be more than one thing that he's had to say, actually, or you know that a friend of yours should hear what he's got to say, make sure you share this podcast with him. Send them a link. Get them involved. You can get me at Oz, or, of course, uh, WordsWithOz.com if you want to get in contact. And uh, you can get to Doc
0: at... Uh, at com,
1: And uh, he's available on all the social channels as well. Just look AdventureFit one word up and it all comes through. <laughs> we hope you're inspired by today's podcast. I know I was inspired in sitting here and creating it with Doc. Until next time, as always, if the question is to jump or not to jump, be ambitious and take the leap.
0: All righty, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that show, please subscribe. You can do so on whatever platform you're listening on or head to our YouTube channel where you can subscribe at AdventureFit Travel's uh, channel there. Also, all the show notes can be found at adventurefittravel.com forward slash radio. And don't forget to check out www.trueprotein.com.au with the code ADVF for 10% off. And www.adventurefittravel.com, use the code RADIO for 10% off there. Thanks, guys. See you next week.